RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, restaurant owners say they still don't know how a decision to close bars will affect their business. School leaders demand answers on what the government will do if postponed exams can't go ahead. And Cathay Pacific cuts flights and executive pay as passengers stay home. Restaurant owners say they're still confused by the government's directive to close bars hours before it takes effect. From six o'clock tonight, businesses that primarily sell alcohol will have to close for two weeks and other establishments will have to shut parts of their premises that are used for alcohol sales. Concerns include the question of how the authorities will treat restaurants that serve alcohol with meals. Speaking on behalf of the Small and Medium Restaurants Federation, Civic Party lawmaker Alvin Young said there was a danger the law could be enforced arbitrarily. The problem here is the regulations and the law is very unclear. When it comes to main sales of alcohol, how do you define the majority of your sales goes to alcohol? They are not demanding something they do not deserve. They are not asking for the moon. They are simply asking this government to be certain and give a very clear-cut policy with compensation. Mr Young also criticised the administration for inconsistency after it scrapped a proposed ban on all alcohol sales, then announced the bar closure with less than a day's notice. The Federation's convener, Gordon Lamb, says he's learned that some bar owners have had to take out loans and failed to pay wages and suppliers. The Federation also said that suppliers are suffering alongside the catering sector. Frankie Fong works for a liquor distributor. If the bar business is going to be stopped, then whole supplier business is going to be stopped as well. So mainly, like, let's say, they are taking like one case of spirit in one month or a week. Then if they bar, they stop for two weeks, then the supplier have to stop for two weeks. Plus, there's a sales, they make a commission with the order from the bar with the supplier. Everything got to be stopped with the sales salary, the commission. The stock have to keep in the warehouse. We have to pay for the rent, we have to pay for the stock, and then we have to pay for the shipment. School leaders are urging the administration to set out what it will do if the Diploma of Secondary Education exams can't begin later this month. The DSC tests have already been pushed back by a month to April the 24th. Teddy Tang, chairman of the Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools, says discussion is needed on whether it's safe for exams to start when the SAR still has new coronavirus cases, even though very few pupils have been infected. If the exams are cancelled, Mr Tang says pupils can be marked based on school assessments. Right now we still prepare for the exam execution on 24th of April. It will be too early to speculate about the cancellation of the DSE exam. But if uh, in the event that we have to cancel the examination, I think that the Education Bureau and the HKEA should have consulted with various stakeholders such as the university and the school sectors and even the students. Cathay Pacific will be further reducing its long-haul flights to a total of eight per week. Wendy Wong has details. Reuters news agency says because of extremely low demand, Cathay will have just two flights a week to four long-haul destinations in April, according to an internal memo. In it, Cathay chief executive Augustus Tan said the airline had 582 passengers on one day this week, compared to the 100,000 on a normal day. The flights will go to London, Los Angeles, Vancouver and Sydney. It's also operating flights to 11 regional destinations. Most Cathay employees have already agreed to three weeks unpaid leave. Mr. Tan also said he'd take a 30% cut to his base salary from April to December, as will Chairman Patrick Healy, with executive directors taking a 25% cut.
The Privacy Commissioner Stephen Wong is warning users of online video conferencing tools to be aware of privacy risks. He was commenting on reports that users of the Zoom platform may have had their data transferred to third parties without their knowledge or consent. Zoom is popular for online schooling, meetings and press conferences. Mr Wong said Zoom had taken steps to address the concerns. There might be other apps and the same concern is still there in that you know, security of data must be ensured. We must make sure that the app you know, has some sort of clear guidelines and information provided for any use or misuse of the data. The users should be well informed of all this you know, before they uh, register or apply you know, for the application. The chairman of the Hong Kong Land Transport Council, Stanley Chiang, says mainland authorities have delayed new border restrictions on truck drivers. Under the plan, drivers will be refused entry unless they show a health certificate issued from a hospital within the past 14 days to say they've not tested positive for the coronavirus. It was to start tomorrow, but will now take effect next Saturday. The shipping industry is warned of the threat to global trade posed by countries imposing restrictions at ports because of the virus. The head of the International Chamber of Shipping, Espen Paulson, said about 30,000 merchant sailors were stuck on quarantine vessels, putting supply chains of vital deliveries at risk. The problem is that the supply chains that we've got used to are very, very efficient. But once you start interrupting them, once one link in the chain goes, you will have shortages of essential products. Yes, there's no doubt about that. And this is why we are really calling on governments to address this problem seriously, because apart from all the many, many other problems that the coronavirus has created, this is definitely a very big one. The coronavirus pandemic has continued to spread rapidly with more than a million people infected worldwide. The number of cases has doubled in the past week. The United States has recorded over 1,100 fatalities, the highest one-day death toll in any country since the global pandemic began. Speaking at his regular coronavirus briefing, President Trump said advice on social distancing had to be observed. We're in a very critical phase of our war against the coronavirus. It's vital that every American follows our guidelines on the 30 days to slow the spread. The sacrifices we make over the next four weeks will have countless American lives saved. Globally, Italy still has the highest total death toll of almost 14,000, followed by Spain with more than 10,000. The authorities in New York have advised everybody to wear a face covering when they're outdoors to try to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Americans have been getting some mixed messages about face masks. People in Los Angeles and New York City have been advised that they should wear one, not ordered to wear one, but uh, local officials saying that they should. Whereas uh, Donald Trump asked about this in the daily briefing. And again, he said that people wouldn't be ordered to. Some people didn't want to. One of his chief scientific advisors, Dr. Deborah Burt, said that she was worried that some people might get a false sense of protection. The US Navy has removed the commander of an aircraft carrier who wrote a letter raising the alarm about an outbreak of the virus on board his ship. In a letter that made headlines this week, Brett Crozier asked for assistance and said several sailors needed to be quarantined to stop the outbreak spreading. The Navy said his move had been outside the chain of command. Thomas Modley is the acting US Navy Secretary. 
We all understand and cherish our responsibilities and, frankly, our love for all of our people in uniform. But to allow those emotions to color our judgment when communicating the current operational picture can, at best, create unnecessary confusion and, at worst, provide an incomplete picture of American combat readiness to our adversaries. A cruise ship on which four people with COVID-19 have died has docked in the US state of Florida after weeks at sea. Several Latin American countries had refused to allow the Zandam passengers and crew to disembark. Conservationists say tough new rules are needed to halt the worldwide trade in wildlife to prevent a repeat of the coronavirus outbreak. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. The outbreak started in what's known as a wet market, where wild animals are sold for meat alongside other goods. Scientists have long warned such places can be an incubator for disease, where viruses have the potential to cross from animals to humans, sparking a pandemic. China's banned the consumption of wild animals for food, at least for now, but there are growing calls for global action. The New York-based World Conservation Society has added its voice to the debate, calling for an end to all commercial trade in wildlife for human consumption. It says the time is now for governments to act together to bring an end to the exploitation of wildlife. The Peruvian government has announced restrictions on people leaving their homes according to their gender to try to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Peru was one of the first countries in South America to restrict the freedom of movement. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. President Martin Vizcarra went on national television to say that men would be allowed to go out on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays and women on the other days of the week except Sundays when everyone would have to stay at home. People in Peru will only have permission to go out to buy food and medicines unless they are considered key workers like doctors, nurses and police officers. Nearly 50 people have died in Peru since the first cases were reported at the beginning of March. Mr. Vizcarra has been praised for acting decisively, imposing an overnight curfew which remains in place across the country. A new study of human-like bones found in a cave in South Africa has shown that three different species of human ancestors existed at the same time more than two million years ago. Here's the BBC's Paul Rinken. The limestone caves that lie northwest of Johannesburg in South Africa are well known for holding important evidence of human evolution. Now, scientists have used modern techniques to put precise dates on bones dug up from the Drymulan cave complex. The results show that two million years ago, at least three completely different human-like species lived side by side in South Africa. Two of these creatures, known as Australopithecus and Paranthropus, were ape-like in appearance. But the third species found at the cave site was Homo erectus, a direct ancestor of modern humans. The Democratic Party in the US has postponed its presidential nomination convention from July to mid-August due to the coronavirus outbreak. Financial news now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 23.097. That's 181 points down from the previous close. On the currencies, the euro was at 1 US dollar 8 cents, the dollar was at 107.95 yen, and the pound was worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Jung. The former England football captain Gary Lineker says he's disappointed that four Premier League clubs have opted to use the UK government's job retention scheme to pay their non-playing staff during the coronavirus crisis. 
Tottenham, Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Norwich have come under fire from some politicians for paying full wages to their players while requesting help from the government for non-players. Lineker says the big clubs don't need the money to stay afloat. It's very disappointing that they're not supporting their staff when obviously football is awash with money generally, but it, this will affect football massively economically as well. And we have to remember that um, it's not just about the huge football clubs that um, will obviously be able to stand and be able to get through this, but it's also about um, the lower tier football clubs that will clearly have great difficulties. In Spain, Atletico Madrid have reached an agreement with their players and coaches to reduce their salaries by 70% while competitions are stopped during the pandemic. The club said some of the money saved by the player salary cuts will be given to the employees whose jobs are temporarily suspended. Belgium's top division is set to become the first major European football league to be cancelled due to the coronavirus pandemic. Club Bruges, who currently top the table, will be declared champions. More from the BBC's John Bennett. This decision taken today by the board of directors of the Belgian Pro League, it still needs to be ratified on the 15th of April by the General Assembly, but that seems like a formality. So, yeah, the season will end after 29 games. Worth pointing out, it's a slightly different format in Belgium's top flight. The regular season is 30 games, and then there's a playoff to decide the top spots. So the final game and of, of the regular season and the playoffs have been scrapped. Next to local football, of the 10 Hong Kong Premier League clubs, eight are in favour of cancelling the season because of the coronavirus. During an emergency meeting yesterday, team officials cited the closure of government facilities and a positive case of COVID-19 found in one of the teams as major concerns when considering whether to continue play. One option being considered is to play the finals of the FA Cup, Senior Shield and Sapling Cup early next year, as well as having a playoff to determine which teams qualify for Asia's regional competitions. The local Premier League has been on hold for almost two weeks now following the closure of government venues. Just over half of its fixtures have been played, with RNF currently top of the table. The Football Association has yet to make a decision about the future of the season. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Restaurant owners say they still don't know how a decision to close bars will affect their businesses. School leaders demand answers on what the government will do if postponed exams can't go ahead. And the Cathay Pacific cuts flights and executive pay as passengers stay home. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Friday, the 3rd of April, is today's date. Many thanks once again to James Ross, sitting in for Phil for the morning brew. We're turning to education today. In the first part of today's show, we're going to be exploring Montessori style teaching and we'll be chatting with Jeannie Lung, who was a former corporate lawyer now training to be a Montessori teacher. Jeannie will be uh, joining us just after half past one and she'll talk a little bit more about her newest venture called Growing with Pie. And it's to help other parents and kids with their Montessori journey. So join us then. And after two o'clock, it's time for the Agenda Cafe. And this week on the Agenda Cafe, Karen Co and myself will talk about how society makes women feel. Uh, they make women feel invisible after a certain age. And we'll be exploring this big topic with Brenda Schofield, who's a longtime Hong Kong resident, a TEDx speaker, and also the former owner of BDSM and Fetish Shop Fetish fashion. And that was a mouthful. Fetish fashion. And uh, uh, we hope you can join us too. You can uh, email us. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. This is Lloyd Cole and the commotions Lost Weekend. Lost Weekend in a hotel Amsterdam. A double news phone, yeah, in a single 